Hello everyone, welcome to the 10th episode of the Relatable Real Estate Podcast. We're two young realtors that talk everything Vancouver real estate while keeping it relatable. And Cade, it's the 10th episode, man. I am so excited. It uh, It's honestly been a journey. <laughs> yeah. uh, we literally started in my mom's kitchen. So yep. this is, uh, yeah, honestly, it's pretty amazing being here. I know. I think it's funny too, just to mention before we start talking about strata today, because that's yep. the topic, how to survive a strata. Yes. Uh, is that I do remember, you know, the first episode we shot it so many times because it's so difficult actually to keep talking for a whole like 30, 40 minutes. 100%. And uh, I feel like now that's actually an issue for us because, you know, sometimes they'll give me a call and we'll talk for like an hour on the phone yeah. <laughs> easily, right? No, it, exactly. And again, too, we uh, want to give a little shout out here to our editor. Yes. Uh, we have, I guess, our first relatable real estate staff member or someone on the <laughs> yeah. team. So shout out Matthew. Uh, Perfect. He's going to do awesome work, but... Yeah, man. So today talking about surviving a strata complex. Yeah, uh, I think the reason why I bring this up is because, you know, it's most common for us to see first time home buyers uh, just for, you know, mainly affordability reasons uh, to get into a strata complex. Right. Um, so, yeah, we're going to be discussing that today and kind of, you know, how to survive it and kind of, you know, what to expect. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that's everyone's first property is usually a, a condo, right? Mm -hmm. um, unless you can buy a detached right away. Kudos for you. But, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know, probably not on the lower mainland. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, stratas, if you want to get into the definition of it, I know that a lot of people might be wondering what that is, what, you know, uh, kind of the more technical definition too. maybe you can do that. Yes. I mean, basically for a strata complex, it's uh, uh, essentially a collective group of owners that you each own your individual lot. Um, so, you know, if it's apartment, townhouse, or there's even detached, you know, strata complexes, you would own that individual units. Um, but as a group, you would collectively own the land and, you know, the entire property in itself. Right. Um, so basically, even when it comes to something like strata fees, everything is split by unit entitlement. Right. Um, so that's why, you know, somebody that has a three bedroom penthouse would not be paying the same in monthly strata fees compared to someone that has a studio. Right. Uh, just because, you know, the, the ownership is different. But without making it too complicated, it's essentially kind of a shared living space. But uh, if it's a freehold, um, you know, you would own your own unit. So, right. Yeah. yeah, it's interesting. I mean, we see on the legal descriptions, right? Mm -hmm. uh, you can see there like a strata plan and then it, it gives a number yeah. and then strata lot. Right. Yeah. So you can see that, you know, uh, there's the strata plan, which is the whole thing. And then yeah. there's the strata lot, which is like kind of like your units that you own. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think, you know, before we kind of dive in there, what's an important thing to talk about is common property. Yeah. Uh, that may be a term that people may hear and kind of, you know, not really know what that is. Yeah. Um, essentially like, you know, for the unit that you would have, um, that's limited, uh, property, basically like something that you own, somebody cannot walk in there, but common property would be, you know, the elevators, right. uh, would be the gym, would be the, the hallways. hallways. Yes, yeah. exactly. Um, so that's again, kind of the shared living space and, you know, as that owner for the strata, um, you own, you know, a little piece of all that collectively of all the owners. Right. So. And I think too, like just kind of going off topic a little bit, that's where all the problems kind of arise, right? That's yeah. what people are kind of concerned about buying stratas because, you know, it's, a, you know, quite a few owners sharing the same space sometimes, right? Yeah. So for example, if there's an issue with the elevator or, you know, with any of the common property areas, it's kind of an issue for everyone. Yep. Right. Because, you know, everyone's kind of the owner of the strata itself. So that's kind of interesting. But, you know, 
there's always ways to figure out if it's a good strata or yep. if it's not. And I guess we're going to be talking about that today as well. Yeah, so we'll, we'll go into all of that. Again, we're really going to keep this focus for mainly first-time home buyers to so maybe go yeah. after some of those stigmas or kind of more basic uh, explanations and, you know, maybe some concerns. Yeah. Uh, I think starting off here, the most common thing that we get asked about is strata fees. Right. Um, so do you want to talk a little bit about, like, you know, what if you pay a monthly strata fee, what does that go into? Where does that money go? Right. Something that's super interesting, right? A lot of first-time home buyers think, hey, I have this mortgage payment, right? They go online and they calculate the mortgage payment. They're like, okay, great. That's all I have to pay a month, yep. right? And that's something that we cover on our, our buyer's guide. Yep. So if you want to go through a buyer's guide with us, if you're interested in buying eventually, I would highly rec recommend it. But we talk about some of the monthly expenses. And strata fees is one of them, yep. right? So basically every strata has a fee yep. and you know, you pay monthly. It depends on the size of your unit as well. Mm -hmm. But you know, let's say a one bedroom usually around the three hundred, four hundred dollar mark yeah. a month, and that goes basically to maintaining the strata, right? Um, you know, most stratas have someone that goes and clean the hallways, and yeah. you know, kind of maintain the garden. Yeah, landscaping um, companies, landscaping snow companies, removal. snow removal, gas yeah. sometimes, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. So yeah, it's 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 every strata has them. Yeah, so essentially for you know that strata fee, that's gonna go into maintaining the building. Um, and if it's a smart strata, it will go, they'll have separate you know amounts of money that you know a portion of your monthly strata fee that will go into the CRF or the uh, Contingency Reserve Fund. Think of this, I think we've talked about this previously. This is essentially you know the savings account uh, for the property. So you wanna see you know a pretty hefty amount in there. Um, basically for emergencies as well as, you know, potential upcoming levies. Yeah. Uh, when we say levies, that means, you know, repairs that are coming. So, you know, maybe they need to do their roof because the building's 25 years old. Um, rather than me going to you and saying, hey, Daniel, uh, <laughs> we need to check for $5,000 because, you know, we determined that after all the units, uh, that's how much you owe of your portion. If they have a contingency reserve fund, so like, you know, the savings account, they could take a majority of the money out of that um, and, you know, save you some money. Yeah, and so. it's so important to have that too, right? Yeah. Because you see sometimes some older buildings that have opt out of, you know, yeah. keeping the strata fee super low for a long time, spending all of the money, like yeah. maintenance or not not maintenance, yeah, <laughs> right? Exactly. Uh, spending all of their money elsewhere. And then when it comes time to, for example, replace a roof mm -hmm. or do some bigger work that needs to be done, then all the owners own owners then yeah. all the owners <laughs> uh have to come out of their pockets and uh you know pay a lot of money right sometimes yeah. it could be you know in the thousands of dollars right oh. uh and you know it's it's difficult because some of the work needs to be done kind of in a, an emergency right so absolutely um yeah it could be kind of uh detrimental for some owners yeah and i think another important thing to kind of point out is the strata um, is made up of the owners, right? So you guys make the decision. You yes. don't you, like they, they do have property management companies. So they do have third party companies that can kind of help, you know, overlook everything, right? Um, be kind of that big brother that just makes sure, you know, things are running smoothly. Um, but at the end of the day, you make those decisions. So like you said, uh, some of these, you know, stratas that just continuously vote things out. No, we don't want to spend money. We don't want to put, you know, raise our monthly fees when we probably should, right. you know, pumping up that contingency fund you and I have seen it where there's literally been levies. You know, the other day, uh, we actually looked at a townhouse and we found out that they have a $60,000 levy. So right. that's $60,000 that the owners, like one owner has yeah. to pay out of their pocket. And yeah. it's because they put no money in that contingency fund. Right. They were ruthless and reckless with their spending. 
and they wanted to keep it at a bare minimum, which I understand that, but at the same time, you know, you've got to be thinking long-term, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think one thing to mention too, just, uh, you know, on a more positive note. Yeah, sorry, did not mean to scare anyone. <laughs> I just to say the realities of, and we're going to go into, you know, how to make sure you're doing your due diligence. Exactly, but you know, one thing that's, you know, I always tell my clients too, is that levies are not always a bad thing, Yeah. right? I mean, if you're seeing properties that, you know, or uh, stratas, they're always, you know, passing levies or, uh, you know, making sure that the building is up to date yeah. and all of the work, that's actually, you know, upping the value of your home. Totally. Right? Because, you know, let's say you have some issues with the building and you fix them, yeah. right? Your building is worth more, right? Because 100%. those issues are no longer an issue. I, so, I honestly, I laugh at it all the time and some people get so scared about that if they're like, oh, like they just put money into this. It's like, what's the difference between buying a new roof on a detached house and be like, hey, right. I have a new roof and as a potential <laughs> buyer. I'm like, hey, that's awesome. Yeah. And then when it comes to like, you know, some shared living, they're like, oh, they just did the roof. And you're like, what are you talking about? You don't have to pay for that. <laughs> right. It's just done. So yeah, yeah it's, it's an interesting stigma that we sometimes see. But yeah, I mean, levies, if they're done correctly, um, then they can be very beneficial and, you know, the most cost effective to uh, restoring and preserving your asset of owning real estate. Awesome. So do you yeah. want to talk about bylaws? I yeah, let's bylaws talk about bylaws. really affect young people. <laughs> they really do. I think that's probably, you know, where majority of young people can get affected, right? 100%. I think the very first one is pets, Yeah. right? We have a lot of clients. I actually have a client right now mm -hmm. uh, who has, you know, a dog and that's usually fine, right? Uh, yeah. Most, I would say most strata, especially newer stratas, allow for dogs. Yeah. But something that's very interesting is that his dog is considered a vicious breed, a vicious breed yeah. right? And again, right, this is very controversial because a lot of people, you know, have very personal opinions about it, right? Totally. I personally believe that, you know, it, it can be a vicious breed considered at least, but, uh, you know, it might just be a nice dog, right? But, I mean, the, the hatred that these stratas have on like pit bulls especially, right. like I've met some chihuahuas that are absolute pricks <laughs> and I've met some pit bulls that are awesome, you know, you know, loving dogs, right? But yeah. unfortunately that's just, uh, I guess they've dealt enough in the past that they can have that in place. Right. But I honestly wouldn't be surprised if it gets banned pretty quick here because yeah. more and more people are realizing that's such a, um, a stigma yeah an ignorant thing to kind of have in place yeah something else too for pets is that you know there's usually a number so yeah. you know it might be a limit of two mm -hmm. or let's say two cats or two dogs yeah or one cat and one dog yeah uh or two dogs or something like that, right? Yeah, I mean, another thing that's really important is size restrictions. Yes. Um, I mean, cats, I mean, unless you have a pet tiger, you <laughs> don't have to worry about for the cat, but sometimes for dogs, they do have a bylaw where it's 14 inches um, from the ground to their shoulder. Yeah. So it's basically a small to medium dog. So, I mean, if you have an absolute unit of a little, <laughs> of a little puppy, um, you know, be prepared that, uh, you know, they're not gonna change that for you. Right. Uh, sometimes you can be grandfathered in if they voted after yes. you moved in. But, you know, there's actually a news article last year about some lady that uh, unfortunately had to move out just because her realtor didn't explain to her the, uh, you know. The pet bylaws. Yeah, the pet bylaws. Yeah. So it's important, right? Because, again, like pets for people, that's family. Yes. Uh, you know, you're not going to say get rid of the dog and then, you know, happily, happily do that, right? Right. And that's that's another reason why to get a realtor, too. Imagine you, go, you decide to, you know be smart and be like hey i'm gonna buy a, a property without a realtor right and mm -hmm. then you figure it out later that you know your dog can't even come in your apartment exactly. so like that's that would be horrible so make sure you use a realtor 
Hundred percent. Um, I think another one here I want to talk about. I know I we talked about in the last podcast, but uh, smoking. Yes. Uh, smoking of many things. I hope it's not including meth, but uh, for like cigarettes, vaping, weed, like um, a lot of times, like yeah. even vaping, like people think like, yeah. oh, what are you talking about? It's not a fire hazard. Um, literally, a little backstory: a place that we just got an accepted offer on. Um, we can basically you get minutes uh, that kind of just show what happened. You know, they can they'll have written down the fines that they give and they have cameras set up all around the strata. So they just nail people, you know, think that they get out of the, the uh, elevator, you know, take a quick hit of their, you know, freaking 80 watt, whatever they have. <laughs> um, and they get caught. And usually it's like a two hundred fifty dollar fine. So if you're somebody that enjoys the Zaza, if you're somebody that vapes, you know, like a choo choo train. Uh, be prepared to <laughs> not be able to touch it at all, including the inside of your, you know, unit. Dude, and one thing that's also like super funny too is that I've seen, you know, how there's like Karens in the real world, mm. right? There's people that live in your building, and you can bet on that. They're literally like their entire thing that they do their day is just watch the neighbors, see if they're doing anything wrong, and they will report to the strata 100%. and make a, a, a huge issue out of that, right? 100%. So uh, yeah, be careful with you know. Um, either vaping or smoking in your balcony that that can be a huge issue and you know it's not like just a rental place that right you can you can just kind of uh get kicked out or break the lease and, yeah. and go away you bought that place right yeah. it's a lot harder to sell than it is to just break the lease yeah and that place we just looked at it had like a two rule um or two strike rule where basically right. like two infractions of bylaws and you get a thousand dollar fine so it's 250 250 a thousand so if you get caught smoking yeah three times um, you know, and again, too, that's the whole common property. So that's including like parking lots, yeah. the entrance. That's basically you have to go into the street yes. uh, just to be able to smoke. Like sometimes they have designated benches, um, but regardless, there are some smoking friendly buildings, as I've said before. But uh, just one thing to keep in mind. Yeah. Noise. Noise. I yes. think that's that's interesting, right? I talk a lot, uh, very loud. So yep. for me, noise is an issue. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But, you know, if you're thinking about <laughs> doing parties, right, I think that's something to keep in mind. Um, you know, I would say majority of people that, um, you know, buy a place, they're not going to have a huge party, especially in the strata, right? And like yep. a, in a condo. But, we, you know, we hope so. <laughs> yeah, we hope so. But, you know, that's something you got to keep in mind, too, right? Because you have yep. neighbors. I mean, there's a lot of complaints as well um, on floors, right? Like if you live, yep. let's say, uh, on the top floor, someone complaining below. Um, so, yeah, something to keep in mind. Yeah, we literally have, uh, I've done in the past, where we have a strategy with like somebody, if they, like, again, it's also good to advise to your agent just being like, hey, I host a lot. Yeah, because um, clients that we had, we literally put them in the bottom floor in a, in a ground level, just knowing that there's no one underneath. And they, right. they're like, we're going to host um, yeah. at the end of the day. You kind of have to test the waters because, like you said, sometimes there's, you know, the bad apple in the, right. the strata. But a lot of times, too, you know, if people are younger, they get it right. Yeah. Whether it's a courteous, you know, knock on your neighbor's door, uh, say, hey, probably going to be going, you know, a little late because I'd say average uh, quiet time is like, you know, sometimes 10 10 p.m. on uh, weekdays and like yeah. 11 a.m. on weekends. But a lot of times it's fine if, you know, you're... I think 11 p.m. Definitely Sorry. not 11 a.m. <laughs> Sorry, I say a.m. Sorry, p.m. That would be weird. Oh, yeah, p.m. 11 a.m. Um, we just have to be completely quiet for the rest yeah, of the day. Yeah, <laughs> but like even townhouses, I knew somebody recently, they moved in there and they literally invited the whole block. Oh, nice. And it was awesome, yeah. yeah so, that's I mean, cool. again, it's just be courteous, common sense, but uh, noise, again, younger people typically want to be the ones that host because a lot of times, especially if you're the first in your friend group to have your own place... Just be prepared that uh, you want to make sure you're respectful, which, yeah. again, pretty common sense, but Absolutely. still some people struggle with it. Yeah, something that we see a lot, too, uh, you know, especially with Stratus, is that some people think they can move in, like, 
three to four people in one bedroom, right? And, uh, you know, there are, you know, a few strategies that do explicitly say that there's a max capacity per bedroom. Yes. Um, so that is a real thing. So I saw this one time and uh, this, I literally had to talk to a lawyer about this because it got uh, pretty serious, but had a young couple that they were trying to move in and they were expecting a baby um, or not expecting, sorry, they weren't pregnant at the time, but they wanted to have a baby. And yes. they said, you know, they're trying. Uh, so realistically, even if they're for there for a couple of years, you know, a lot of people think, you know, I think it's common to have a baby till it's about two years old, maybe just in the master room with you. Right. Yes. So say you moved into one bedroom, you could have the crib on the side. Sounds like no problem. But this max capacity said two people for bedroom. And right. the lawyer literally said that if they have the baby in there, they can be kicked out or sued. Really? Yeah, because it was a maximum of three people and it did not include like infants. So one thing to keep in mind, if you're a young couple, say you're trying to have a kid and you're only going to get into that one bedroom, some bylaws could have restrictions of max capacities. Again, I only have seen that one time. I don't know how common that is. Yeah. Um, but they said the way it was written up that it would stand uh, if it was to go to court. Interesting. So, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's something that, you know... I personally have not had a situation like this, right? Yeah. But it's definitely something that's kind of terrifying, right? Imagine yeah. if you, you know, you get a one bedroom and then you find out, like, what are you going to do? Yeah, right? exactly. And again, <laughs> right, I'm not trying to scare anyone, but this is what we want to talk about. It just the fine print is so important. Yeah. And this is why we always want to go over it. Well, I think it's great to know, actually, right? Like, especially yeah. if you're looking to buy and you have a certain plan in mind. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, if you're thinking about having a kid, maybe that's something to consider as well, right? Yeah, so. totally. Um, cool. I think the final or, the, you know, kind of the most popular ones uh, age restrictions and rental restrictions. Yeah, I think we can move on because uh, there's some news. So what happened with those restrictions? Yeah, well, for the age restrictions, yeah. uh, well, for both of them actually, yeah. um, they pretty much ban age restrictions right now, right? Except 55 plus. Yeah. So you know, majority of buildings that we saw, there is a lot of like 19 plus buildings, right? So you couldn't have a kid there. Boo, Boo. dude! I absolutely hated the. 19 that makes plus. no sense. It drove me crazy. Yeah, and then some of them was there like 30 plus or something like that. So or? I, I've I've only seen 19 plus, 45 plus, and 55 plus. Right. Um, I mean, to be honest, the 55 plus, I don't have a problem with. Yeah. Like, again, like we were talking about this, I have, you know, 85 year old grandparents that uh, <laughs> I'm happy to know that they're in a, a living community with, you know, yeah. people of similar um, lifestyles. But the yeah. 19 plus to me was just so ridiculous because yeah. it essentially means no kids. And like, I get that if you don't like young people, like move to a detached house. I understand, <laughs> yeah. you know, if you can't yeah. afford that, but like, that's the sacrifice that you have to make. Right. And especially if we're living in a crisis where, where how hard it is to find properties, because um, again, for the uh, age and rental restrictions, they estimated that there's a 2,900 vacant properties across just BC um, because of these. So you think about we're already having a crisis, yeah. um, and now like to just kind of put the cherry on top, there's listings that are vacant that no one can fill. Yeah, what's happening now too that's a little bit different is that there's a lot of the 45 plus age restricted buildings that no longer are acceptable, right? Yeah. Uh, only the 55 plus are acceptable. They're trying to move their restrictions from 45 plus to 55 plus. Yes. So they're still trying to kind of maintain that. And in my opinion, also something else that, you know, it's kind of good that they remove these restrictions mm -hmm. is that it really limits the the people that can buy the place, yeah. right? So I guess, yes, you do have maybe a little bit more peace, right? Yeah. Uh, maybe people around your age, but after a while, right, when you need to sell that property, it's worth a lot less because your pool of buyers is so small. Yeah, so there's actually, um, like for that 45 plus, again, there's some people that are trying to vote it to be 55 plus and just grandfather everyone in. Yeah. 
And uh, a coworker of ours, uh, shout out Rami, he actually told me where one of the places that he sold was a 19 plus oh. building. And so they were trying to have a meeting of, uh, you know, making it 55 plus <laughs> and grandfathering everyone wow. in. And I guess one of the clients, or sorry, one of the owners brought a realtor in and just like ripped into them. Cause again, if you do that, like you said, you're oh, yeah. limiting so many of the buyers. Like again, how many times have you had a client reach out to you be like, hey man, I found the perfect property. Right. And the reason why it's priced the way it is, is because it's 55 plus. Yeah. So you are just nuking your property value. Yeah. Like literally, if you were to do that now, you probably would easily take off a hundred grand. Yeah, I mean, totally. Uh, you know, if you want to avoid getting a strata that, you know, has any age restrictions or, you know, you don't want your property value to go down, uh, there's definitely ways for us to check that, right? Um, I think, you know, on a more positive note, right? Not all stratas are bad or not all stratas have crazy restrictions. Um, you know, what is the best way for us to check that? Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, again, we apologize a little bit about talking negative. At the end of the day, we just want to show <laughs> the importance of due diligence when yes. going to these purchases. Because <laughs> for stratas, uh, they're so different. There's so many different variables and different things that you have to look out for. Um, so, yeah, I guess we can kind of start off with that. Um, one of the easiest things that I like to look at, so a lot of times, um, you know, say you want to submit an offer or maybe you already have an accepted yeah. offer, is we're going to get emailed a big chunk of strata documents. I'm yeah. not going to go into every single detail because I think we talked about that. We one. did. Yeah. yeah. Um, but there's quite a few documents that we get to go through. Um, but one of the easiest things to look at is that contingency reserve fund. Right. Um, so that's that savings account. Um, realistically, we typically like to say, um, you want to see at least about two thousand dollars, twenty to twenty-five hundred bucks per unit. Yeah. Um, so say it's you know fifty or a uh, million dollars, divide that by a certain amount of units. Um, you want to make sure there's you know roughly two k per unit. But keep in mind, say they just did a huge levy, like they just replaced all the windows or uh, you know uh, elevator shaft, roof, etc. Um, that can dwindle down and not be a bad thing. Yeah, so. no, totally. I mean, you, you gotta list, you gotta see all the documents to yeah. know and understand the context of the building. Yep. We did talk a lot about um, strata documents on our Christmas episode. Mm -hmm. It's probably pretty easy to find. It's the one yeah. that we ha we're all wearing uh, Christmas hats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, totally. I, you know, the, the the interesting thing I don't think we said in the last time that we talked about strata documents is that you know it kind of gives you the context of what's going on yes. with the building, right? Yes. And and, you know, most of the times we get the last two years of what happened to the building, mm -hmm. but that gives us a really good idea of what's going on, right? Yep. Uh, to see if they have ordered, for example, uh, depreciation reports. Yes. That's probably the most important one because then you can see and kind of estimate when the projects will be uh, done and yep. all that. Uh, those are probably the most important ones. That gives us a really good idea of what the plan is for the building in the future and you, also what happened. Do you want to give a recap of what a depreciation report is just in case they miss that episode? Yeah, if, I mean, if you didn't watch the last episode, a depreciation report pretty much is when the strata hires a group of engineers yep. and they'll come to the building, mm -hmm. uh, they'll analyze the entire building actually in a lot of detail, yep. right? They'll literally take pictures of everything, yep. every little detail, they'll, it will be reported there and they'll let you know, you know, if there's something that needs to be fixed uh, in the short term, in the medium term, long term, right? Something that's a little bit more urgent. Uh, yep. They'll probably do like a special uh, general meaning, right? Uh, to, to try to, to solve those issues. So that's kind of what a depreciation report is. Yes. I mean, again, a depreciation report, engineering report, it is the same thing. Yes. Um, there are different and more specific reports. Like sometimes yep. they'll have just a roofing report. Sometimes they'll yep. have like a parking membrane report. Um, but what's kind of interesting to note is I actually just did a big course on depreciation reports. Yeah. Um, in BC, it's actually required by law. 
uh, to get one done every three years. Really? But Estrada reserves the right to uh, pat, like vote against it. So there's some stratas. And again, this is one of the easiest red flags for us to see. Say there's a 23-year-old building. <laughs> if they have not done a depreciation report, That's big that is flag. a concern. Because yes. again, like for a depreciation report, they're going to give you a full graph of say, windows are going to need to be replaced in 2030. Elevator shaft needs to be replaced in 2035. So they're going to give you a really good idea. And again, that's where they want you to come every three years. Because maybe there is, you know, a couple years of really bad snowfall and it's, you know, damaged certain parts of the foundation. So yeah. stuff like that, you want to make sure that the strata is proactive. Mm -hmm. um, you know, part of my French, but getting done uh, you know yeah. they want to make sure that you know they're they're taking the time they're spending the money where they need to and a depreciation report i think we can probably both agree on this is uh you know one of the easiest ways to tell if you know you're going into a potentially uh expensive year yeah and again i mean the, the kind of the theme of the the this episode is surviving a strata yeah. right and i think maybe that's probably one of the most important steps is to make sure you take a look at the depreciation report 100%. see what's done right because you know, it could be the case that, hey, you got into the strata, everything looked okay on the surface level, yep. and then it's a nightmare, right? The yep. depreciation report tells everything, but, you know, guess what? You didn't read it, and uh, it's too late now. So um, that's definitely one of them. I think another one is insurance. Uh, yeah. You know, we, we quickly talked about that on the, the Christmas <laughs> episode. But that's something definitely important to to take a look at. Do you want to talk about your experience that you had with that one property, the uh, insurance certificate? Oh yeah, well I think I talked about it on oh, the okay. on the Christmas episode. Yeah, but I mean just quickly, um, you know the property looked great. I mean it was like a new property, right? Yeah. Seemed like there's no issues. But then when we looked at the insurance report, um, it the, the deductible was crazy. It was I don't remember the exact amount, but it was totally uninsurable. And it was like a couple hundred grand for yes. water water damage deductible. And basically there was one guy. This one menace in that building <laughs> <laughs> that pretty much uh, broke the sprinkler three times in this period of like two months, Brutal. right? And I think that might be involved with like smoking, right? It could have been, yeah. right? So, uh, uh, yeah, he pretty much, you know, put everyone under the water there because, uh, you know, sprinkler broke, insurance has to be called. And uh, the whole building is kind of flagged now. Again, so. yeah, that, that's a great point. It's not like just that unit's affected. It affects the entire, the entire building. So yeah. that's why you got to be careful. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I guess one thing here I kind of want to talk about too is uh, not every um, strata has a property management company. Right. Uh, so they don't have to. So if they yeah. wanted to, again, it's really only common, I feel like, in older stratas or complexes that only have about, you know, 10, 11 townhomes. Yes. Um, but they can be self-managed. Right. So that's where you are literally relying on, you know, the goodness of your neighbors. Um, I'll be honest with you. I mean, I, I've talked to agents that they have zero problem with it. To me, that's kind of a red flag because um, I have heard some stories of, you know, owners just like some people literally taking money. Right. Um, some people just kind of saying, screw it, we're going to see what right. happens. Um, whereas, you know, that property management company having them in place, they kind of, you know, push you in the right direction, yes. you know, help you with reminders and just kind of keep, thing keep things organized. Um, but, you know, one thing to look out for, and again, it's not to completely take a dig at it, um, but sometimes self-managed properties, you have to be a little more careful right. um, with Well, you know, I think it's just, it's just kind of logical that they're not as organized as like a professional company that does this yeah. uh, often, right? So I, I guess that does make sense. Again, we don't see those very often at all. Yeah, it's a little uh, more rare. Yeah, and and again, I mean, um, you know, I, I would say it's probably worth hiring a, a management company to do it. Yes. Because, you know, there can be a lot of issues and having like a third party that it's kind of like uh, not involved, you know, not an owner involved with it. 
Yeah. I think that saves a lot of headaches. Yeah. And again, a lot of the big developers nowadays too, they're already going to have a property management company yes. in place. Right. Um, so realistically, I think finding, you know, even if it's a couple hundred un- units, like a tower, I don't, yeah. I'd have never heard of a self-managed no. tower. <laughs> Can you uh, imagine the chaos that, that would be, be? Oh, it'd be brutal. Just like, yeah. But again, Anyways. I mean, that's that's another great point of looking at is like, you know, if you're sharing a building with a couple hundred people, yeah. you kind of want to make sure that there's, you know, an unbiased elected party Absolutely. that can keep everything under control. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> you know what? Something that I just thought about. This is not sure. even on our little script here. That's totally off topic. Hey, go but for I think it. something to be aware of of stratas yeah. is modifications to the unit itself. You know, that's something that we didn't put in the, in the thing, but, you know, it's it's very interesting. That's a big difference yep. between a strata property and a detached home, right? Yep. Something that's not in a strata. Uh, you know, a lot of people buy stratas and they want to change, let's say, the flooring or, you know, put stuff on the wall, break wall sometimes, yep. right? And the one issue that stratas have is that, you know, they, they have to keep some sort of uniformity. Right. 100%. Uh, and, you know, that's, uh, you know, outside, you can't really do anything right to keep that uniformity uh, walls too. you have to, you know, talk to um, to engineers, get permission from the strata, even for the floors, too. No, that's a great point. And uh, yeah, we should have brought that up with bylaws. But uh, <laughs> yeah, there's even bylaws for just like the furniture that you can have on your balcony. Right. Because um, again, like, you know, some people don't care. You know, me personally, I have pretty bad OCD. So <laughs> even sometimes like Christmas lights, when you drive past stratas, yes. it just drives me crazy. Like every single different color and f- some flashing, not flashing. But like you said, they want to make sure it's somewhat uniform. It's aesthetically pleasing. Yes. Um, and they want to keep things as neutral as possible. So right. again, I mean, if you're painting a wall in your bathroom, you're not going to permission. Yeah. But you know, say you're trying to, you know, completely take out a, a wall, uh, maybe blocking off, uh, you know, the living room to the kitchen, or, you know, doing appliances. You definitely want to make sure that you have permission because if not, you can be held liable um, if there's any future damages. I mean, right. e- even I think the most popular thing. Uh, which you said was like flooring. Yes. Um, you want to make sure, and they're very strict with this, mm. that when you replace flooring, you have really good sound dampening material um, because, you know, if you're a, ne- a neighbor above you is a tap dancer, uh, <laughs> you will not get any sleep. <laughs> exactly. Or if you have kids, right, they're running oh, yeah. around. So uh, actually, just a matter of fact, uh, I I just sold a place in Maple Ridge. Mm. And uh, when we did the showing, right, that's they're why tap it's... Dancers. The- unfortunately they were not tap dancers but uh something that we did notice it was carpet and my clients actually you know uh their their family they're builders so you know for them to change the floors is something that's super simple so that's the first thing they pointed out is like hey like i want to change the floors here right uh from carpet to to whatever that's before we we even wrote the contract we actually checked the bylaws and all the documents and you actually can't. And that, wow. that strata prohibits you changing the flooring just because of the noises, uh, noise complaints, right? So that's that's something that you need to really be careful with. Yeah, I mean, there's even a common bylaw I've been seeing lately that's like six, if you have laminate floors or like hardwood floors, 60% of it needs to be covered by rugs. Interesting. So it's just like... like really? Yeah, that was the last, one, uh, last deal in Maple Ridge that we did. So like, you know, a lot of people, like when we checked it out, there's a massive rug in the living room, in the kitchen, everything. <laughs> so again, I, I don't think it's, you know that enforceable at the end of the day if you're noisy you're going to get a complaint yeah. um but yeah i think a long story short um you know even just kind of closing thoughts here i think you need to be prepared if you're going to be in a strata that you are essentially in a shared space yes there's going to be everyone has different opinions everything is subjective to different people so something noisy to someone can be incredibly noisy to someone else yes um, or sorry not noisy to someone else um so again i i personally have not come across 
many issues. Um, but just again, you want to make sure you're doing a lot of due diligence before going going into these uh, shared living spaces. Absolutely. And again, just to go back to the title, Surviving Estrada, I personally know lots of people that lived in Estradas their whole lives. They had no issues, right? I lived in Estrada. <laughs> I've, I've personally have no issues with it uh and uh you know it's it's all good it it really depends and you know i I guess we did go in a a little bit of a negative route but you know it's kind of just coming from a good place where we want to warn people about common things that we see because we see them somewhat often yeah uh but there's definitely good stratas out there and you know people are very happy living in stratas and most likely if you're going to buy your first place it will be a strata so uh, we want to make sure it's an enjoyable experience yeah and again i i personally think it's a great option i think yeah especially too with how hard it is to get you know uh living space you know the that we're facing i think it's a great option um and yeah some really good quality buildings where people have you know had really successful um you know even just flipping their properties and upgrading right you know going from a condo to a townhouse a lot of these buildings have held their value and made people a lot of money absolutely okay well should we just close it there? yeah let's close it there okay well thank you so much for watching guys uh it's been a while since kate and i actually shot an episode together yes we did a lot of interviews and there's more interviews coming yes Uh, that's for sure that's something that we uh, are planning for the very near future here uh we have a list of people uh and yeah we're super excited to continue the podcast 2023 now we're going to try to be a little bit more consistent uh put a lot of new more content and if you have any topics that you want us to talk about make sure to to reach out to us yep. right uh, i mean kate's instagram is real kate perkins, real kate perkins. mine is daniel santos real and our podcast instagram is relatable re podcast you can message us through there or our phone numbers they're everywhere if you yeah. google our name you're probably gonna find it so, absolutely yeah awesome guys thank you very much see you in the next one well cheers cheers